Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, finally getting some rain. We were just doing some dancing outside. Now we're toweling off in the studio. So let me get this straight. The NFL and all their wisdom with the Deshaun Watson situation are like, you know what? We'll get an arbitrator, a, a female judge too, at that. And we'll let her be the one that says, this is what I think you should do. They do that. She says six games. They're like, eh, screw you. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to come back with our own. Now, before we get into this, what I was reading yesterday after this came out was that the judge in her ruling said, based on the gr- agreement and what the agreement said, that is why she suggested those games suspension and no fine. Because she said and felt like her hands were tied by the CBA. Now that kind of changes things in my mind, but also the fact, like I said that day, that they did say no more outside massages. You can only do them in the team facility places, i.e. we've got cameras in here, dude, says that they know something happened and they have proof that something happened for them to go that far to say, you adult male, you can't go to a massage parlor. There must be some kind of pattern of abuse here. Again, it comes back to her hands being tied. So this has become, become a very, very complicated situation. This thing is so far from being over that uh, we may not even see the light of day. What's going to happen to Watson during this time, that remains to be seen. Certainly he'll serve a six-game suspension, but it could be that he'll be allowed to play while all of this is going on. That part of it, I don't know. But the whole way they have this thing structured, and you are right, the, the female judge, Judge Robinson, is also tied by another decision that she rendered or a thought process. She said, and there there are two items here involved, number one, that the NFL has followed a pattern where they have replied or reacted to public pressure. She won't have that. She said, I'm going by strict evidence. That's number one. And number two, the fact that the two grand juries in Texas declined to hear the case. That is a key right there. These are two separate grand juries that turned down the opportunity to have some kind of a decision-making process with Deshaun Watson. All right, here's the... <laughs> this is this CBA is really great, the way they work this thing. The judge has rendered her decision. Now, she is hired by both sides. Both the players and the owners have hired her to make that decision. Made the decision, six-game suspension. What comes into play here is the public reaction to all of this because, in all honesty, public reaction has been, oh, my God, that's way too lenient. Six games? So the NFL, which initially said, nah, we're not going to challenge this, all of a sudden, they are challenging it. They've appealed the case, and this is going back on what they had said, but it is following through with what the judge says. The NFL is replying to public pressure. Okay. So the NFL has the opportunity on the, on the contract with the uh, owners and players. They have the opportunity to appeal. They have filed an appeal. But the players also have the right to appeal. They have until late tomorrow, Friday afternoon, to file their appeal of the appeal. This thing's headed for federal court, and there's going to be a long, long, in my opinion, a long decision process. NFL says, oh, no, we'll, we'll expedite it. 
How does the NFL spell expedite? About five years from now? Well, we've we've seen this go. I mean, hell with uh, with uh, deflated balls. How long that took? But you know, ultimately, what else I was reading is that in the CBA. Supposedly, old Raj has final say. He, it's not supposed. He does that, have so final say. So ultimately, it doesn't matter. I mean, they can sue in court and all that stuff, but if old Raj says, you know what, Deshaun, you're gone indefinite. Well, if the, if the federal court says we're going to uphold the player's appeal, then the NFL has to go back to federal court. That's where it's going to take the long time. But you are absolutely right. The final decision, if the NFL appeal is heard... It is their decision that is final. And who hears the case? It's either Roger Goodell or his designated representative. And you know that designated representative is going to say, this is what we want. And that is a binding, a binding decision. It can't be changed, whatever that may be. I think... You know what? Let's reestablish that bet again that we had. Okay. I was almost going to bring, you know what's funny? You say that because I was literally about ready to whip this quarter out and say, let's put this back down on the table and see how long this is going to take. Folks, I, I lost a quarter out I, of this. I, I, listen, I think, I, I think ultimately he's going to sit a year how long this is going to take, the process. It's going to be crazy. I'll tell you this, though, right now, if you play fantasy football, do not pick up Deshaun Watson. He, but you might not be able to use If you don't have somebody, get Jacoby <laughs> Brissett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. All right, let's uh, – you know what? I don't care about that because football's back either way. Even though it is the hated Las Vegas Raiders, they're playing at Allegiant. We get to watch some football tonight. Well, no, no, they're playing Canton, Ohio. They're in tonight. Canton, Ohio, yeah. but the Raiders are the home team. They are, and it is the Hall of Fame game. This is the this is a real thriller. The Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and the Las Vegas Raiders. That game is tonight, folks, and this is the first of the preseason football games. It's the Hall of Fame game, and for the last well, what's been twenty years now, this has been the initial uh, exhibition game on the season. It goes again. Now I'm an old timer. I I admit all that. I would much rather see. I know it can't be done, but I would much rather see. The college all-stars play the Super Bowl champs. It had at least some measure of intrigue to it. This doesn't. You're not going to see anybody playing tonight except a bunch of scrubinis who are trying to hold on. They're not going to play any regulars at all. NBC is televising this one because they know, of course, they don't have anything else on. But they're, they want that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> but, Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> but they will have football tonight on a Thursday night. And, of course, they do have the season opener on a Thursday night. That's coming up later on in September. But, Mike, you don't remember it because you weren't born, but they used to have at Soldier Field in Chicago the first exhibition game was the Super Bowl champs against the college All-Stars. It was not much of a contest, I admit. The pros always won the thing. Backtrack, not always. But if the college stars ever won, those pro guys were in for some real workouts that uh, like a lot of laps and so forth and so on. They played the games for real. It finally ended in 1976 with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and Terry Bradshaw and company having the game stopped in the third period because of a torrential rainstorm at, at, in uh, Chicago and the fans running on the field. And it had lost a little bit of its appeal. But the NFL's owners said, we're done with this. Yeah, we're not messing with our players. These health. are our yeah. top draft choices yeah, yeah. out there, and they could get hurt. Yeah. No, nah, I'm gonna, that's a that's an investment, big time investment. All right. Uh, oh, how the mighty hath fallen! UConn women's basketball. Oh, that's a shame too. Uh, oh this man, is a real shame. This is te- this team is earmarked for being in the national championship almost every year. 
Gino Oriema has done such a wonderful job of recruiting and coaching the team. The girls all love him. He's a great coach. He's a, he's a taskmaster, no question about that. And he's not, I guess in terms of being a gentle, grandfatherly type, no, he's hardly that at all. Were you saying he's not woke? Uh, he's not woke. He's not woke. <laughs> but his teams are great. His players play for him. They follow the strategy. And now they've been hit with a big-time loss because the National Player of the Year, Paige Beckers, who is a great player, she almost single-handedly took a mediocre Connecticut team last year into the Final Four. They could have been in the championship. They weren't. They weren't quite good enough. But her by herself, National Player of the Year, playing in a pickup game earlier this week and tore her ACL. She's out for the year. That really impacts Connecticut. In one respect, the silver lining is it happened in July. She's going to have the surgery tomorrow. They'll put her out for a year, the rehab and so forth and so on. OREM is good enough that he can maybe through the transfer portal or something like that get somebody else in there who could guide this team. And they're still pretty good without her, but they're not the great team. So St. Louis Cardinals. Facing the Chicago Cubbies, they needed to really win both of these games. They needed to, did they? They did not because they didn't play them. <laughs> the Cardinals uh, opened up the gates. Of course, the people started coming in. They knew fully well the weather conditions were going to be dicey last night. So they were about 15 minutes before the game. They halted it, postponed it until today. So the teams will play one of these and I really find them very annoying. Double day admission. Night, yeah. day, day night double. Separate admissions. Yeah, yeah. First one, the game that was postponed from last night will start at 12.15 today, and then the regularly scheduled game will be at 6.45 tonight. But be that as it may, Cardinals and Cubs will end their series with a doubleheader, and then into town, into St. Louis, come the New York Yankees. And that will be very interesting because the Yankees are the best team in Major League Baseball, judged by their record, although in the last couple of weeks they haven't played that well. They're way, way ahead, but they haven't played that well. And they have a former Springfield Cardinal and St. Louis Cardinal on their team. A guy who the the Redbirds let go of over the winter, Matt Carpenter. He's been signed by the Yankees, and he's having a really good year. Of course he is. He'll, he'll get a standing O when he gets up there. Uh, we've gone on about this, Mike, and it's kind of baseball jargon, but one of the reasons that Carpenter is having that great year is playing in a perfect ballpark for him. They have a very short wall in right field. St. Louis does not. St. Louis, you've got to belt it pretty hard to get it in the seats. Not in New York. <laughs> you, can, you can loft one in New York and get it in the seats. But over and above all that, the Yankees are a really good team. Aaron Judge, 43 home runs, leading the major leagues. And uh, Giancarlo Stanton and people of this caliber, they're really good. That'll be the Cardinals three-game series tomorrow, uh, Saturday and Sunday. But over and above that doubleheader, brought about by a postponement from last night. That's not what you want to hear because that means the Cardinals are going to go into a very, very tough series against a very tough team, gassed, <laughs> we'll see. to say the least. All right, how about the Royals? How'd they do? Royals are playing the Chicago, or were, playing the Chicago White Sox at Progressive Rate Field in Chicago. This Chicago team has been an enigma. Tony LaRusse is the manager. He's been coming under a lot of criticism because the team has not played the at the level that folks uh, thought they should have, but they are still very much in contention for a wild card berth where they need to start getting hot. They're only just a couple of games above 500. Yesterday, the White Sox beat the Royals by a score of 4-1. to one. They have to start getting now, igniting that fuse, because they're within just a couple of games of overhauling both the Cleveland Guardians 
and the Minnesota Twins who are ahead of them. And they're all fighting for, well, championship, of course, but also a wild card berth. White Sox are pretty good. They haven't played very well. We'll see what happens. They did beat the Royals. Springfield Cardinals go down to Corpus Christi last night, lose 5-4. to four. Now, this is a Springfield team that had been playing very well up until last weekend. And then they had a couple of games against the Frisco Rough Riders. And yeah, baseball's a game of rhythm, and the Springbirds got out of rhythm a little bit, did hit the ball fairly well. I contend that some of that little slump had to do with the fact that the trading deadline was coming up. A lot of those guys were in their head. Jordan Walker yeah. and people of this counter, yeah. Mason Wynn, thinking, God, am I going to be here? Well, they are right now, but... Over and above all of that, uh, the Cardinals did lose last night 5-4, to four, so they're slipping a little bit in their race for a possible playoff. I'd like to see them uh, be able to play a little bit longer this year. Last but not least, you got something going on at uh, MSU tonight? This is it's tomorrow or night. tomorrow night, excuse me, yeah. Th- this will really be a big deal too, Mike, because we haven't been able to do one of these things, and I use we collectively, in the last three years because of COVID. But this is the Missouri State University All Sports Auction. When it was started back in the late 1970s, early 1980s, it was called the Ozark's Biggest Garage Sale. And it is really a lot of fun. You have all sorts of items that are being auctioned off. And there's, of course, there's food and there is drink as well. And it's a very big evening. But all of the monies that are engendered, and you're talking maybe $130,000, $140,000 or more, all goes to the athletic department. And funding a D1 athletic program at a mid-major level, which is what Missouri State is, is not easy. It's not like Ohio State and Arkansas and the big schools like that that bring in all their money from the football program. We do pretty well, but not that well. And uh, as a result, this auction is a very big deal. It starts at 5 o'clock tomorrow evening. That's when the doors open. The silent auction begins. There'll be a verbal auction coming up a little bit later on. Everybody has a good time. It's a fan-friendly atmosphere that everybody loves and, and, and relaxes and enjoys things. And that's tomorrow night, and they have it at the Hammond Student Center. It's not in the Great Southern Arena. It's in Hammond Student Center. And it's a big time. And uh, how much is a uh, date with Ned going to be auctioned <laughs> off this year? There, there is a date with Ned, but it's not, not Start, like what you're thinking. This in. is kind of a, it, it's a triumvirate of us. There are three, three guys. You know, I'm one of them. We host a Monday night football party at a certain establishment. And uh, they bid on this. And every year that we've had it, we haven't had the last couple of years. But when we did, oh my, <laughs> it's a big time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to pay anything. I can't afford it, Ned. Have a great day. <laughs>